We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jesse, are you ready for rapid fire? I am ready for rapid fire. I'm all fired up. Let's do it. It comes a little bit earlier tonight because, again, we've got a lot of things on these Thursday shows. Over, under, 89 and a half receptions for Mr. Mayor, Michael Mayer, this season. 89 and a half is the number. You're getting real good at these numbers. Uh, (laughs) Mayer right now is at 33 receptions in five games. That's a 6.6. Average eight games left, including a bowl game. You know, I'm assuming we're going to include bowl games in these statistics. Uh, Following this average, his season would end at 86 catches, you know, with the 6.6 average and the eight more games. I think it's going to go over, and I think it's because we're going to see more production like last week. I think the first couple of weeks were kind of slower. Uh, We we, we obviously see that Mayer is Pines' uh, number one target. They're already best friends. So I just think that we're going to kind of see – more weeks of seven to eight catches, maybe double digit catches going forward. I don't think we're going to see any more of those four or five kind of smaller catch games. So I'm going to go with the over. And I think he's going to get right close to a hundred. You know what? I was initially leaning on leaning under on this, but like the more everything that you say makes sense. And the more I look at it, like mayor already has the 33 catches. Like you said, the next two guys, Lorenzo styles and Chris Tyree, add up to 33 catches. Styles <laughs> has 19 and Tyree has 14. And again, they're all, you know, defenses are already devoting extra coverage to him and he's only getting better. So I just think we're going to continue to see, you know, just what you said between probably seven and, and 10 catches. Drew Pine's just going to keep going to it until they can stop it. And people are going to have to prove they can stop it. Right now, Michael Mayer is a machine. And he is such a huge part of the passing game right now. You know, and again, the focal point and the one guy consistently producing right now, you just got to keep feeding that. And then if they do finally prove that they can stop that, then like you said, you find some other guys. But I think he's going to be right up there, assuming, you know, all the way into that bowl game. I think he's going to end up going over that number as well. And he will have at least 90 catches this year. If you love drinking coffee every morning, you have to check out Trade Coffee. 
Trade makes it super easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters around the country. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment required. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they know you'll love, fresh to your home and on your preferred schedule. And you get to support small local businesses, which is a win-win. Whether you already know what you like or are new to specialty coffee and need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans for however you make coffee at home. My wife likes a dark roast with full flavor, and every brand we've tried has lived up to the billing. Whether it's the Big City Blend from Joe's Coffee, the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, or the Holmes Blend from Sparrows, every cup has not only had a pleasing aroma while brewing, but also a rich, full taste. So whether you're just getting started or a coffee aficionado, looking to discover something new, Trade guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com slash iris for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. That's drinktrade.com slash irish. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. 
Another over-under. One and a half Irish running backs who will have more than 100 rushing yards against Stanford Saturday. Um, So this one I, I went back and forth with. I'm going to have to go with over. I think Estime and Diggs both get over 100 rushing yards. Mm. Estime looking for the third straight game. I think he definitely gets it. Diggs is more of the wild card. Uh, Stanford has a really poor run defense, and I don't think they've seen a running attack quite as strong as Notre Dame's too. So both of those things uh, bode well for Notre Dame. Um, and I just think, yeah, you know, we're going to see a lot of the same game plan against BYU, running you know, early and often, making you know, getting those big chunk plays on first down, setting up second and six, second and five, second and four. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a heavy, heavy, steady dosage of Notre Dame run followed by, you know, kind of short uh, passing down. So I definitely think that we'll see a lot of rushing yards. Um, and I'm, I'm more than convinced that we're going to see two guys get over the hundred yard mark. Stanford, again, allowing 207 rushing yards per game. Surprising that Colgate and Oregon State are the only two teams not to have a 100-yard rusher against uh, Stanford's defense this season. USC had one. Washington had one. Oregon almost had two. Bo Nix, the quarterback, had 141, and they had a running back, have 97. So I'm surprised that someone already hasn't had a 200-yard rusher considering, um, you know, again – the fact that they give up so much rushing yards. I think the yards from scrimmage thing is easy. I think at least two Irish running backs will get over 100 yards from scrimmage. The two the two with 100 yards rushing though, I don't I I think that I like if I had to say one I would go estimate and then I think the other two might be, you know, between like 75 and 90 in that area but you know I, again i think they'll make up with the uh, with with the pass receptions so i'm going under i don't think that they'll have 200 yard rushers i think they've got a really good chance to once again have three guys with 100 yards from scrimmage though yeah and i think we saw a lot of really good things from digs last week um i i yeah. think that he showed a lot of really good runs and i think what we saw the most and i think what was the most impressive about digs is running is you know, when he was reaching that second level, you saw a lot of kind of using moves to get past the safeties and corners and still being able to keep his feet and his speed. And that's a little contrast to Estime, who's kind of looking to run people over in the hole. Uh, and so, yeah, Diggs has a little bit more of that shiftiness, but he, he can still, you know, get up to top speed out of his out of his cuts and shifts, you know, very impressively. I, I like Tyree still. I just think with the way that, you know, I think Diggs and Estimate complement each other better as runners. Um, and Tyree's kind of more of your perimeter kind of, you know, scat back uh, guy that you're throwing more passes to. So all purpose wise, I see uh, Tyree getting there. But straight runners, I think Diggs and Estimate, I, I really like what I saw out of those two last week. And I think okay. with Diggs' shoulder getting better, I think you're going to see more of his game kind of evolve. You know, he's right. just getting started right now. Allen says Tyree's going to catch a touchdown pass this week. He's calling that. And uh, Ryan said he found Diggs to be more inconsistent than consistent. So, I don't know. A good right, problem the, to have with three running backs. Yeah, it is a good problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> Play the hot hand. The resounding sentiment from people, it seems like, who were at the Shamrock Series game in Las Vegas last week was that it was some of the best atmosphere for a Notre Dame game in recent memory, topping Notre Dame Stadium by far. So with that in mind, 
Do you think Notre Dame should consider making Vegas like a regular destination for the Shamrock series? Like keep Vegas on a regular rotation, maybe every four years or something like that. I like the idea of, yeah, potentially kind of rotating and returning, you know, every five to 10 years. But the whole point to me of this series is kind of to explore new venues, you know, been to place, go to places you've never gone to before. And that's kind of, at least in my opinion, you know, what the premise of the whole series was built on. Um, And this also allows for, you know, more of your fans at a national level to kind of make games that they, that they wouldn't usually. So, you know, if you're putting all the games in one spot, you're not necessarily kind of allowing, you know, maybe your friends up in the northeast corner to eventually make a game uh, at some point. So I like the idea of coming back uh, and, and doing it kind of more often, but not not like an every year consistent basis. Oh, but, yeah. Like I said, not every year. I'm talking about maybe every fourth year, every fifth yeah, year. Yeah, you know, every fourth, like fifth that. year. I think it would, especially, you know, considering it. Yeah, it sounded like I had a bunch of friends, you know, posting on their social media, staying at, you know, the different places in Vegas and, it just seemed like a, a really good time, and it, it, the stadium itself was sold out. So obviously, you know, it did well in that aspect. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be fun to to do it and eventually go out there because I've never, you know, been out to Vegas before. Yeah, and talking to some guys, you know, like in the media who were at the game, it's an, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, a dome stadium, obviously, but it it was an open air press box, so there was no glass on the front of the press box so they could really hear and feel the environment you know and so you know like again they said it was it was some of the best that that they've ever seen and i just i think a lot of people will go to vegas you know like like i've said seattle i think would be cool or san francisco some of these other places and even places that they've been are cool like you know san antonio they've been to dc they've been to new york city a lot of people like to go to Vegas and, you know, a lot of people will uh, get their drink on and, and, you know, buzz around Vegas and do their thing. So I'm sure that, that, that helped from an atmosphere standpoint as well on a Saturday night in Las Vegas. And really, you know, they're a couple hours behind us time-wise. So they still had plenty of time to go out and do their thing afterwards. It was just part of the party. So I think it would make a lot of sense just because, you know, again, you you get that kind of buzz, you get that kind of atmosphere. Uh, you know, I I don't know of any other places like that. That you know, again, people would be like, man, I got to go. You know, to what Arizona? You know, I got to go to <laughs> Phoenix. You know, it's hot out there. You can you jump in the swimming pool or whatever, but you're not going to be able to do the kind of stuff that you can do. You know, there's entertainment in Vegas. There's obviously gambling in Vegas. There are other you know, reasons to go out there. You can pack a lot into a couple days in Las Vegas. So I, I, the fans seem to enjoy it. So I, I think I think it might be worth looking into. So Stephen A. Smith, Jess, this is juicy. I just saw this today. Stephen A. Smith had some uh, had some things to say about Brian Kelly this week, and I will read it to you. Quote, this is from Stephen A. Smith on Brian Kelly. I am not hearing anything good about Brian Kelly. I've interviewed him a few times in the past. I know we had a stellar record at Notre Dame. I like him. They looked awful at LSU last week. Awful. Tennessee just rolled over them, 40-13. to I'm hearing the players ain't fond of him. The administration ain't fond of him. The fans ain't fond of him. The town ain't fond of him. End quote from Stephen A. Smith. Are you surprised by any of this? Um, 
I guess I'm surprised that like Stephen A. Smith has the inside scoop because he's not really known for like for a the, college football insider. <laughs> yeah, just not like football in general, and then college football, and then so like you know, it's it's kind of like asking you know the legitimacy of all these kind of things. Um, but you know, I just if that's the case, I guess I am a little surprised because of where things ended last year and kind of where they are. You know, right now, yeah, they lost to Florida State to open the season, but Florida State's a pretty good team. First game of the year, you know, had some mistakes. They lost to a good – I know you don't want to get, you know, blown out by Tennessee, but Tennessee's another good team. So, um, I, I, you know, I am a little surprised. I think that people are kind of maybe overreacting here a little bit. Um, you know, nothing's kind of fixed in the first season, especially, you know, when you're kind of being tasked with overhauling – a program that just won a national championship, you know, not too many years ago. So I just, with everything that's going on and, you know, the fact that they're not like, Oh, and six or something, I, I am a little surprised. I think that, uh, you know, things are being kind of jumped the gun here a little bit. I mean, you knew it was a matter of time. We all knew it was <laughs> a matter of time. Driscoll tried to tell them, you know, this summer and they all, Oh, oh you know, everyone's over, you know, like, just can't believe, you know, it's kill the messenger. You know, nobody wants to believe it because the great Brian Kelly won all these games at, at Notre Dame and now he's at LSU and he's the greatest coach ever. And everybody up here, nobody, nobody's surprised that there are other sides to Brian Kelly. Am I surprised that they've maybe turned so quickly? Yeah. Right. You know, and like to your point about Stephen A. Smith maybe not being a college football insider, he's probably talking to his guy Marcus Spears because he's an LSU guy. And you know, they, they walk around the building, I think, probably together right. every day. So, you know, that that could be his source. I don't know. But I don't think anybody up here is surprised to hear this at all. Did you see any tears shed when Brian Kelly walked out of the Goog after he, you know, dropped in and and talk to the team before he left? No. Did you see excitement later in the week when Marcus Freeman was announced? Yeah, you saw a lot of excitement. And, you know, again, there's 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 the polished front that Brian Kelly puts on when he decides he wants to put it on. And there's, you know, those those prickly moments when he stands at the podium and he's a little ticked off and he's he's tired of being poked a little bit. And I'm sure that a lot of people are seeing that down there right now. So I'm not surprised at all, but, you know, again, maybe I'm surprised to see it kind of rear its head so soon because they did have, you know, the only thing I'll say on his side is they had a horrible roster, you know, coming out of last year and they, you know, they had a lot of roster turnover as well. And, you know, this was, it, it wasn't going to be easy. They played decent defense before last week, but Tennessee also has one of the, one of the two, maybe the best offense in the country. So, again, I'm not going to shed any tears, but I'm not surprised to hear any of this stuff at all. Okay. Who has more to prove in tonight's Bears-Commanders game? Justin Fields or Carson Wentz? In my opinion, Carson Wentz has a lot more to prove. Uh, his coach has some tough criticism of him this week. The Commanders are struggling at 1-4. and four. The Bears and Fields haven't been playing bad of recent. You know, they did some really nice things against the Vikings last week and, and potentially could have came out with a win uh, on a last second drive, you know, kind of going down for a field goal. And I think Fields kind of knows his role in the offense more. Fields has less kind of overall role um, in the offense because the Bears, you know, they, they 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 don't really pass the ball and it's not even close compared to other teams. You know, how many times 
they're attempting to pass the ball. They, they're clearly trying to run the ball, establish some run games. So I just think because of, you know, Carson Wentz and what he means to the game plan um, and just kind of overall, just the animosity this week kind of between Ron Rivera, the whole team, you know, where the commander said, I think Carson Wentz has more to prove, but lucky for Carson Wentz, uh, he is 6-0 and on Thursday night football. So, you know, maybe he stands a chance this week. I'll just say, you know, I was talking to a Bears fan the other day, and I was like, well, you know, the field doesn't have any receivers. And the guy's going, these are professional receivers. They're, you know, they're they're all really good. You know, it, it shouldn't matter you know, what what their level is. You know, he's like, Mooney went up. You know, he made a one-handed you know, do all this stuff. Well, Mooney is a number one guy, but he's really probably a number three receiver on on a good team someplace else, right? But he's But he's number one which means that number two and number three are really, you know, like threes, fours, fives, you know, if they're on another team. They're they're deeper in the rotation, guys. So I think a, a lot more is on Justin Fields because he doesn't have an offensive line. But this is a commander's team that, like, if you're the Bears and Justin Fields, that you have to win. And, like, you're only going to get so much time if you're Justin Fields. It doesn't matter what you do or don't have. The clock is already ticking on Justin Fields and his career, just like it started ticking early on Mitch Trubisky. You've got to overcome whatever is around you, whatever lack of support that you have. And if you're really a number one pick, you got to go out and do it. So to me, it's Justin Fields because he's younger. Carson Wentz, to, to me, has already proved that he's completely overhyped and completely, you know, <laughs> I he, he just – there's – Carson Wentz is, is not a franchise quarterback. I think we know that by now because he's on his third team in three years. So I don't think there's anything left for Carson Wentz to prove. He's already proven he's not a good NFL quarterback. So to me, it's more on on Justin Fields than anybody else in a game like this against a team that you sh- that you need to beat if you're the Chicago Bears, if you're going to win any games this year. Yep. All right, MLB played all of its – Best of three wildcard series last weekend on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. They say they're thinking about keeping those wildcard series on the weekends in the future. So do you buy or sell that as a good idea? I buy this. I, I, I like, you know, with how short of a series it is and the fact that it's consecutive days, it, it seems to set up for the perfect Friday, Saturday, Sunday format. Um, and also, you know, it's it's very promoting to kind of the, the fans you know, not having to worry about a one o'clock game on a Thursday or Wednesday, getting off of work. I think it just promotes a lot of fan attendance when you can put them on the weekend and, you know, pe- people can block out their days uh, and, and go to the games rather than kind of having to work about, you know, worry about, you know, the kids at school and then also, you know, the the taking off of work and all that stuff. I just think it lends to better, you know, turnout um, and, and just overall, just the excitement, you know, the teams make the wild card. It's a lot of team, a lot of times you see teams kind of sneak in in the wild card. Uh, so you would like to see those teams kind of, you know, play in these meaningful, exciting games and not half empty stadiums. So I like the, the weekend format. Yeah. I think that probably makes a lot of sense. I, because when I first heard this, I'm like, well, wouldn't you want to get it? The, the biggest thing to me is getting it out of the weekend. So you're not competing against college football in the NFL. Cause like as a, as a fan of both, that's the thing to me is, you know, some of the stuff you say about afternoon games and stuff like that makes sense, even though, again, you know, I, I think it's kind of cool when we get to see some afternoon games every now and then, especially someone who works from home, who can put the game on in the background, that kind of stuff. So to me, 
Like, I didn't get to watch that much. You know, I, very minimal last week because of the fact that football is obviously on on uh, Saturday and Sunday, so I didn't get to watch as much. So I'd rather see it, you know, like maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, personally, so it's not going head-to-head with so much football so, so that I actually could watch a little bit more baseball. But I get your, you know, your point about the fans and all that stuff as well and giving them the opportunities to be at those games but they're they are playoff games so like they really matter you're gonna find a way to be there anyway (laughs) i I guess that's a good point right yeah dt says he is not a fan of it and yeah that's there you go dc said i was literally about to say what your dad said so he's talking right straight to you When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Alex Rodriguez and Michael Kay called one of the wild card series last weekend. What do you think of A-Rod as a TV analyst? Uh, you know, A-Rod TV analyst isn't the greatest. I respect his opinions and, you know, he was obviously a great player. I just think that sometimes uh, he gets a little bit in over his head with kind of his t- his actual TV skills. Um, I think it, he could do better with just, you know, maybe dialing it back and letting kind of, you know, Michael K take more of the, the lead and then just kind of filling in, you know, with, with the supplemental baseball knowledge, uh, you know, in-game knowledge that he has. But, yeah, overall, I am not a big supporter of Alex Rodriguez and his TV analyst skills. Um, I do enjoy seeing him kind of on the post game shows though, with like David Ortiz and, and like that's those... where he's best. Yeah, that's why I think the that's like the you know like the TNT crew after games for basketball is a good comparison when you just you have a bunch of guys you know kind of you know giving each other a hard time, guys who all played, guys who were you know obviously Ortiz and Rodriguez were rivals, and so them you know poking fun at each other. I just think that that's better better suited for him. I think that the actual in game stuff is. I wouldn't say too much for him. But it just it doesn't go with kind of his his skill set. I think that the afterwards post game shows are perfect for him, and I think him trying to extend himself like this is just not as good of a look as he might think. Yeah, he is classic word salad guy when he is in the booth, you know, doing a live game. He just talks, but there's no real point to what he's saying. You, you know, like the interaction that he has with the different players. You know, like with Poppy and and some of that stuff with the Fox stuff that he does in the studio is a lot better. He just, I, I think, I think what says the most about Alex Rodriguez as a game analyst is like, you don't see a lot of hate for Alex Rodriguez, right? 
But what that says to me is he's not saying anything. Like you see a lot more. You you obviously see hate for Joe Buck. He's the ultimate, even though he doesn't do baseball anymore. Yeah, I guess you still see it from the football side. There's a lot for John Smoltz and some of these other guys. It's because they actually will say something. Alex Rodriguez never says anything. It's it's all just very vanilla, talks in circles. There's nothing to it. He's not even explaining rules that well. He just, it's like he gets in that booth and he overthinks everything that he thinks he needs to say because he always wants to put on this public image. And I just, I, I just don't think that that uh he has ever come across very well. And that's exactly who I was thinking of. We are not Marshall, is Brian Kelly with the classic word salads. So there you go. Uh, Alan is not in, interested in pro sports. Man. Okay, you can be the 1%, Alan. That's cool. <laughs> Second time I've seen the comment, just not interested in the NFL or any professional sports. <laughs> Diversity, Alan. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, I guess we will wrap it up with that, Jess, um, because we've got the uh, the Stanford uh, guy coming up, so maybe Alan will be interested in that since we'll talk a little college football. Uh, coming back here after wrapping up rapid fire. Well, Jess, you have a good weekend, continue to recover, and I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Hopefully we get a a good, you know, keep the train moving, another win, keep this winning streak going. Absolutely. All right. So we will talk to you later. That is going to do it for tonight. Final IB Nation Sports Talk of the Week. Of course, Vince and I will be here with you Saturday morning. IB countdown to kickoff. We'll uh, get it all cranked up. 10 o'clock Saturday morning. Ryan Roberts is going to join us. We'll have a little bit of recruiting talk there as well. Thanks for joining us as always. And if we don't see you Saturday morning, we will talk to you next week. IB Nation Sports Talk. <laughs>